Hey, listeners, welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. So, Stephanie, today we're going to talk about why podcasts in the classroom. Obviously, we've got a podcast, our podcast geared towards teachers, but why should we be having our students listen to podcasts? Why should uh, we have uh, students making podcasts? What, is, there, is there really any value there? Or is it just something that, that we're doing just to take up time? Yeah, some of my teachers have started with their like bell work. So instead of doing bell work, the students come in and they listen to a podcast, which is just kind of interesting, like a different take of starting your class. And they're quick. They're like five, 10 minutes, maybe. Um, Another teacher, she uses Mars Patel. Have you heard of that podcast? I have not. Oh, it's like a crazy story. Um, And the kids are so into it. So there's three different seasons. And they started with season one and they're like, let's just see how it goes. And like, we connected it with different ELA standards. Um, And then the kids started listening. Well, we had to make it for two, season two. And then we had to make another one for season three because the kids were so engaged and they wanted to know what happened to Mars Patel. Um, So that one's a really good one. And then also like student creative podcasts are just a way for students to engage and show what they know. Um, so I am such a huge fan of podcasts in the classroom. I am, a, I learn by listening to podcasts. Um, I am constantly on the go, so I can't just watch a video or, and I hate reading. So I need to listen to something. And so I'll listen to a podcast to learn all of the ed tech updates that have happened, or here's a lesson idea, turn on a podcast. I also like listening to it for different perspectives as well. Lance. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of at the point in my career and, and working with other educators right now, we're just at the, the creation phase, the creating, the creating podcast. We haven't really started, you know, launching into our students listening to, to podcasts. So uh, I find it very interesting though, you know, you mentioning these and, and how to start your day. I think that's a great idea. Bell, bell ringer of kids listening to a podcast, either the teachers created or that they found somewhere else. Uh, I'm curious though, Stephanie, and you tell me, do you, do y'all allow students to go and find podcasts or y'all kind of set the guardrails up of this is what you stay within? Yeah, there's some blocks when it comes to podcasts on our network, uh, like anchors block. So if I need a podcast unblocked, I have to go to, through our IT team and say, this is the one I need. Um, and I think too, it takes some teachers finding different podcasts, but there's a lot out there for kids. And what's crazy is like the Mars Patel one that I was talking about, they have a whole curriculum like for teachers to use this in their classroom. And um, another one, like I just started to learn about was um, who's smarted. I think it's not farted, it's smarted. And um, that one has like some lessons to go with it too. And like some of them that are made for kids have like quizzes embedded too. Like it's crazy how much is already embedded in all these different podcasts. So teachers can just use it and there's different comprehension checks for them. There's different activities they can do. So it makes it really easy. Yeah. So that brings us to our guest today. We have Mr. David Pena joining us today uh, from uh, Tlaxico, uh, Mexico, from by way of New Jersey. Uh, he is uh, he is an English teacher there. He, he's also heavily engaged in ed tech and in STEAM down there. So welcome to the show today, David. Wow. Thank you very much for having me. It's a really tremendous pleasure to be you know with both of you figures on this episode. I really appreciate that. Yes, sir. So, so I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Stephanie. Podcasts, do, why? Why are, why are we doing them? Is there any educational value that we're seeing there? Or is it just something that we're doing to fill time in the classroom? 
Uh, no, I, I do agree heavily with, with what was stated before. Um, yes, uh, podcasts are, are a huge tool to have. Um, there is just a lot of uh, intrinsic activities that can be developed uh, by having them in the classroom. Um, so as you mentioned, yes, I'm, I'm a native from Jersey. I, I grew up near a lot of bookstores over there. I uh, did a lot of reading when I was a kid. Now, you know, moved over here to Mexico to, uh, to Tlaxcala, which is where I live and work right now. And um, yeah, I do miss, you know, there, there aren't many libraries as um, I used to frequently visit over there in New Jersey, um, but they did have a huge section of audiobooks. Um, you know, uh, those were the, the precursors, I would say, maybe to kind of podcasting that we had now. But yes, definitely podcasts are something um, very, um, very important in classrooms because you can share them easily. Um, it's very feasible to have, upload them to different uh, LMSs that you know, we know, like Schoology, Blackboard, Google Classroom, and you know, so many others um, out there. So when it comes to podcasting, the good thing is you can find podcasts for basically anything. Um, just as Stacy was mentioning, there are some podcasts that are tailored for kids, maybe ages six to 10. You know, some are for tweens, some are for you know, high school students, for adults, and so on. Um, so you can find podcasts basically about anything. And it doesn't matter if you're an astronomy teacher, if you teach physics, um, if you're teaching students, you know, how to become chefs or ballet, gardening, it really doesn't matter. You can practically find podcasts about anything um, and sharing them with students is, is really important because that also builds into their, let's say, their audio memory. Yeah, that's interesting, their audio memory, um, because I think, too, when you read something you know like sometimes or watch a video like today I had a kid he was watching a video and he had the sound off and I go well what was the video about I don't know well you got to have the sound on to know what's going on and so audio has such a power for knowledge to get inside of our brains I think Yes, I completely agree. Um, to be honest, I, as I mentioned before, I'm a huge fan of audiobooks. I grew up with radio shows and, and audiobooks ever since a kid, still do. And um, one of the studies that I, I uh, read uh, some time ago that was wondering uh, whether if reading versus audiobooks, I mean, does it really work? Is there a difference? Is it cheating if you go through the audiobook version? And the studies actually showed that no. I mean, if you read the book or if you engage with the audiobook, both of them actually produced very similar results. It just depends on the person. Now, uh, personally, I'm going to be very straightforward and honest. When I was a kid, I definitely had a lot of time on my hands. I did read a lot of classical books. And, um, you know, I, I read uh, stuff such as uh, Jules Verne, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You know, many of Jules Verne's works are still some of my favorite. As Isaac Isimov's, um, you know, iRobot, Foundation, many of these uh, science fiction books, you know, I just devoured them, classics like, you know, The Count of Monte Cristo and so forth. So I had a lot of time in my hands and I really did a lot of voracious reading. Um, however, as I progressed into adult life, well, you know, that has changed and I have a, you know, a huge work schedule sometimes. And uh, I just don't have enough time to actually read like I did when I was, you know, maybe 10 or 12. Um, so I've actually gone into now podcasts and audiobooks. And I found myself that even, you know, if I'm washing dishes or walking my dog or, or doing or just, you know, resting for maybe an hour on bed, um, I can pop one of these into my smartphone and just, you know, listen to it. And uh, it, it just uh, it still does that same effect, I believe, that if I just took, you know, like the physical copy of the book and start reading it. Um, I'm still able to retain, I'm still able to enjoy the, the audiobook. And frankly, 
there are also now audio dramas that uh, people can um, engage with and you know kind of imagine in their own mind what what's going on with the scene so i know that audiobooks sometimes just are a narration versus an audio drama will actually have some sound effects different voices characters and it just really uh, brings something uh, of an imagination into play so david i have to say i'm, I'm sitting over here and I'm, I'm taking notes as you and stephanie are are talking um Maybe you can, can be my next PD that I share with my people and they'll think I came up with this all, all on my own, but uh, Stephanie's saying no. Uh, but, but anyway, so, so one thing that uh, maybe I, I'm going to say that I deal with or a question I can foresee coming from this, uh, I have certain teachers that I work with that feel like that if it doesn't come from them or if it's not done their way, it's not the right way. Um, what, what would you suggest to those teachers when, when we're trying to sell podcast to them? Why, why should their students be listening to a different voice? Is there a reason why we shouldn't just be listening to the teacher? Okay, sure. And, you know, sorry to, maybe I digressed a little bit with the audiobooks and audio dramas, but I do think, I do think that it's still somewhat, somewhat tied to what we're talking about, which is the memory through audio. Um, so coming back to your question here, of course, um, I think it is important that, you know, the, the teacher's voice um, is prominent in the classroom as a voice of leadership, as, as, as an authentic leader that will help the students uh, into a, a new step in learning. So I, I do believe that. However, I also invite the teacher to, you know, kind of test this out, you know, test this idea. And the, the benefits of having students listen, for example, let's imagine you're a history teacher. You're teaching about the War of 1812. Um, so students have known you maybe for some weeks, maybe some, maybe a semester, and students have already been accustomed to your way of narrating events, to your teaching style, to your voice. So um, their, let's say their neural activity or, or, or their memory patterns are just uh, very accustomed to you. It, uh, the brain has already assimilated what you look like, what you talk like, what you're gonna do probably. So it kinds of, it, it might be a little bit predictable to the students thus limiting engagement. What happens is if you all of a sudden say, okay, so, you know, I taught this in class. Now I want you to listen to this podcast. I want you to take some notes as well. You can listen to it as many times as you want. You can fast forward, you know, go back. It's, it's right there. You can do it with just your, your, your finger on the touchscreen. So if, uh, if they're given that opportunity, students will, you know, take, uh, take the hint, you know, pop in their, uh, their headphones or whatever they have. Uh, listen to the podcast, and they'll now have a different narrator. They'll be listening to someone who they've probably not heard before talking about the same subject that was seen in class only through maybe their eyes, okay, or their experience, and have different input. So the advantage is that students' activity will, will obviously um, increase in this case because they're not accustomed to this person. They don't know who this narrator is. Their, their brain is more active in that sense because it's not familiar. Okay, and there is another benefit or bonus benefit is that um, the podcast will very well um, input information that was probably not seen in class. So students will say, well, you know, uh, you know, I, I remembered Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so uh, said this about, you know, the, the War of 1812, and the podcast is also mentioning this. So that sparks my creativity or my question, you know, how did this go about? So I have these two pieces of information or multiple pieces of information, and I want to know how they check in. So you know, how do they fit? So, so David, um, I, just had, I just had a spark there as you were saying that. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it makes sense to me now why I can be talking to Stephanie and, and she just completely zone out. She's, she's used to my, my patterns 
my rhythms, my voice, my tone. And because of that, it, she just zones out on it. Is that, is that possibly what's happening here? Yes, I, I would say so. And one of the ways I found about this, this uh, one of the ways I found uh, this, found out about this, sorry, was uh, through a psychological study that was made uh, for university students, where students that had uh, classes with teachers that, um, that would most commonly, or let's say, let me look for the correct. Uh, they have the same the teacher maybe for different classes or? Not really, no. Uh, teachers that actually were more prone to have classes other than in the original classroom, like teachers that would actually take them out to the university, um, I don't know, cafeteria or the laboratory or just outside, you know, the, the classroom, outside on lawn, on the, you know, university or high school lawn, something like that. Mostly in university or colleges, this takes more place. Um, but it was noted that professors that took their students outside of the original classroom and gave a lecture or showed, gave a demonstration of something, actually had higher levels of retention. Those students had higher, higher levels of, return, of retention versus those that just had or spent the whole semester in the same classroom at the same time. So what's the difference? What, you know, what, what did that happen? Well, when the person falls into routine and they go to the same classroom, listen to the same person, same time, same date, same you know, white light or whatever, um, the brain starts getting accustomed and it just falls under repetitive patterns. So there isn't really much engagement at that point after some time. However, if the surrounding changes, right? If all of a sudden you're learning something, but not in the same place you're accustomed to learning it, the brain actually retains more information. Sorry, this is because of the awareness effect. Um, you know, the, the brain is, you know, obviously analyzing things. So you have some, maybe the trees, the sun. So these are pleasant things, but to the brain, it's, you know, it, it's a new surrounding. It's not the normal place where you go to, you know, have the lecture or the lesson. So the brain um, subconsciously has a greater effort to retaining knowledge or retaining information. Of course, as I said, that all happens subconsciously. It's not something that students activate on their own. I mean, most of them can't or, or don't know about it but subconsciously it just takes effect. So something very similar uh, happens with podcasts where they listen to someone else, someone they don't know, someone they probably won't recognize if they see them physically, uh, but it's, it's, a new force, uh, it's a new source of information. It's a new voice, um, it's a new input. And that just brings freshness into the brain activity of the student. So, so you're saying Stephanie is not really just mean to me or doesn't like me. She's just subconsciously doing it. So it's what, what I'm hearing here. That, is, that, yeah, is that fair, Stephanie? You don't mean to do it as she winks at, at all of us. But, and, and you know, David, that brings up a great point. That's why on our podcast, we chose it not just to be Stephanie and I every week, because how many people would get tired of just hearing Stephanie talk all the time? You know, <laughs> uh, that's why we want to have experts and guests like yourself on here to be able to bring, you know, your level of expertise to this and a different voice. Yeah. And I think, too, yeah. when we meet people from maybe like the South that have that weird accent, um, I wonder if that's like why I'm like, oh, like, what did they say? Uh, you know, like it just kind of perks you up. <laughs> so, so you're saying my voice perks you up, Stephanie, is what you just it said? It used to when it was new. Like, I'm not uh, used to the, the little Southern twang. There you go. <laughs> All right. We're going to go on to our next segment with that comment. Um, meme and quote. So, David, what quote or meme do you have for us this week? Sure. Um, I, I would say, well, I don't have a meme. Maybe I can send that through email later, but um, 
But I, I guess one of my favorite quotes would be, um, you know, creativity uh, is intelligence having fun. Uh, I believe that was by, by Albert Einstein. So uh, I really do agree with that. There are a bunch of other quotes that I can really share with you right now. This is the one that just comes up to mind. But uh, I just really believe that creativity is something that a lot of people should have, um, that they should engage. I mean, um, I, I believe there was also a famous painter. I, I'm not sure if it was Picasso or Van Gogh, but they, uh, they, they did say also that, you know, everybody was born an artist. It's just that some people want to forget it or tend to abandon it when they're adults. I didn't. Um, so that's what he said. Uh, and, and I think it's also quite true. I mean, uh, children are very curious at a young age. They might ask their parents more than 100 questions per day. And the fact is that sometimes that can get stifled over the years. And, you know, people start losing interest or creativity or whatever problem solving skills. And I just think it's really important to, uh, to have them, you know, always engage, always asking questions, always being curious, always being creative, always trying to, you know, find the answer work outside the box to provide solutions um, and results outside the box. Because that's what we really want in life every day. We want something out of the ordinary, something that can really help. And we do need, you know, knowledge. We need creativity. We need people to actually be invested in, in finding solutions outside the box. So, um, I guess that, that, that would be the quote or quotes that I you know, can share with you guys today. Yeah, I like that one. Um, so mine today is trust your creativity. And I think sometimes teachers, they, they're great at creating, but you got to share it, share it with the world, show them that lesson template that you made. That's really cool. Share it with the teacher next door. Um, so trust it. And it's probably really cool or someone might need it. Lance, I'm a little worried about yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just changed mine since Stephanie was picking on me, but I put uh, not sure if typo or just Southern slang. So uh, sometimes I talk into my phone to uh, to send a text for me. And uh, yeah, what it comes out as is, is not always great. So uh, I do realize that I have a Southern accent. Yeah. All right, David, what is something that you can share this week with um fellow educators on our podcast? What's something you've learned? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I originally put uh, organizing uh, Gmail by colors and uh, you can do this uh, through labels. Um, I guess uh, I would say that tip would be better illustrated probably through a video tutorial because I mean, I could explain it here, but uh, it'll just be much, much better if people go online and look for how to organize Gmail with colors. If you guys type that on, on the Google search bar or the YouTube search bar, um, you guys can take a look at the different videos and tutorials um, that, uh, that show you how to do that. However, um, one of the tools that I, I will give out right now that does not require you to go online and look for a tutorial, um, and that will go very hand in hand with what just what was shared today with you all, um, is one of my favorite tools. It's called the Google Go app. You can look for this uh, in the Play Store and in the Apple Store, I believe. It's uh, Google Go. And what, what it is, is the Google browser uh, just uh, in light mode. Now, besides the obvious benefits of, you know, having the browser in light mode and having the pages reduced and um, so it doesn't consume so much data and removes all the ads and blah, blah, blah. So those are good features, but that's not the most important one, at least for me. The most important feature from that app, which is completely free, is that when you go and look for an article online, um, and this will work, I would say, 95% of the time. When you go online and look for an article, you will see that at the bottom of your screen, and uh, this has, you know, as I said, it's an app, so it's only on smartphones and tablets. 
you will see that there's like a little uh, play button within the circle with the Google colors. So if you go on, if you go to Wikipedia and you, I don't know, you, you look for uh, an article on plants, on microbiology, uh, most likely you will see that that play button lights up and you can just tap on that button and it'll automatically start reading that article for you. So how cool is that? Um, so you can transform articles or web pages into, let's say, a podcast, you know, um, quotation marks. But it's just a really cool tool that will enable you to listen to the article. I mean, some of you are driving, some of you are maybe washing dishes, you have your hands full, you're typing a report, whatever, you're on your computer, you have your two hands, uh, you know, busy and your eyes as well, they're, you know, um, focused on the screen. But you, you can listen to an article, you can listen to a web page or something that you just don't have the time, or maybe your eyes are just too tired because, you know, being real here, teachers, you know, we look at the screen a lot, especially during, you know, online and distance education. So sometimes our, our eyes are tired and we don't want, I mean, there might be an article we need to read. And uh, sometimes it would be just easier to go for this option to just have the uh, artificial intelligence read it to you. And you can even um, program the speed. You can go, you can make it go really slow or you can make it go really fast. That's actually very customizable. Um, it's really easy to use. You, um, I almost guarantee you won't need a tutorial to find it out on yourself. So the Google Go app is uh, something that I really recommend teachers to look into. And I just think it goes hand with uh, what was uh, mentioned today. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. So I was kind of looking at it while you were talking about it. It looks really cool. Um, so my share this week is an end of the week reflection. So we have a teacher and what she does is every single week, the kids send home an email to their parents. So again, the students are taking ownership of that creation and they're writing a newsletter and then they send it right home to the parents and the kids again are responsible for that communication. So then the parents at dinner can say, hey, I got your newsletter today and let's talk about this. What happened in class today or why, why did you have a rough week? Um, so just a quick way to send a reflection home. Lance? That's great. I'm going to steal that one too, Stephanie. Uh, so what's that? Feel free. Put your name on it. Yeah, idea. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, what I shared being from the South, uh, we're big into NASCAR down here. That's where the roots of NASCAR is from the South. Uh, there is NASCAR for the classroom. So uh, they, they took uh, all the things, all the science, technology, engineering, math and STEM stuff that's in uh, NASCAR and they created lessons that went all the way around it. So I thought this might be something cool to share because you may have some students that are interested in this as a career or they just like watching it and you can show them hey here's all the science behind all of this is the relevancy of what you're learning this is why you need to engage into this so I uh, thought that was pretty cool a uh, little website that was put together there yeah do they offer anything for two-year-olds because AJ loves cars loves cars yeah. no but AJ and I can talk okay I'll send them your way all right thank you so much for listening to get inspired and innovate David how can our guests connect with you Oh, well, um, I guess I, I would say, um, well, I just have a bunch of things that I don't use social media that much, to be honest, I'm going to say, that. I mean, I do have, a, there is a Facebook page, but I, I just use it just because of educational purposes. <laughs> but uh, I guess people, if they want to contact me, they can just uh, look up uh, GEG, Tlaxcala, uh, which is, the, I guess, the main one. Um, you know, the GEG, for, for those of you who don't know, you know, I'm very sure most of you do Google Educator Group. So I'm the Google Educator Group leader for, uh, for the state of Tlaxcala. I'll spell that out. It's T-L-A-X-C-A-L-A. 
So if, if any of you just uh, go online and just Google GEG Tlaxcala, you, you will get um, information about my chapter and particularly me. Um, it's my contact information. You will be able to reach me out there. Or if you just want to reach me out, then that with something that does not have to do with GEG, you can basically reach out through email. I'm, I'm mostly active uh, through email when you know there isn't any uh, internet or data service uh, error. <laughs> So if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'll, you know, gladly, um, you know, respond. Uh, my email is uh, 06.david.p.18 at uh, gmail.com. So any questions, suggestions, any notes, any stories people want to share, feel free to send them to, uh, to my email. I'll gladly reach out to, to anyone who, uh, who, you know, talks to me over there. Yeah. So make sure you reach out to David with any of your podcasts or any other questions that you might have. Um, thanks again, David, for being on. And thank you so much for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate.